Never been in a fight outside of work, a physical confrontation. Uh, 17 years of the old job, definitely tussled. Uh, was involved in many tussles, uh, watched many tussles, broke up many tussles, started some tussles, finished some tussles. Tussled. A lot of fun sometimes. I've talked about that in a big, important social way. I've talked about it in, uh, you know, sometimes it just feels good to punch. But, and kick, and throw. But I, I never done it outside the, the confines of work. I just, not that's not who I am. Um, I do have spouts and bits of rage. Uh, I try to be nice to everyone out there. I try to give them give them an olive branch. The life doesn't always work that way. Uh, one time I got really mad at a valet. And I love valets. They do good work. Even the ones that probably steal my car and drive it around listening to Star Wars music. Which I do have CDs of that in my car. And I still have a CD player in my car. I'm always, you know, I always, always want to be uh, nice to the common folk, right? Because I'm common. I'm very base. Is that the term? Mid's good. Right? Is mid good? Ba- I don't know. You know what I get. And one time I had to go to a medical center and there was, it was very unclear. I didn't know that it was a valet. I, if I'd known, I absolutely would have given my keys to someone. I parked. I didn't see anyone. I had parked in front of a car and then I, I went in and I came out, you know, 45 minutes later and everyone was upset at me. And the guy started screaming at me, uh, how dare I do this and wanted $2. I gave him the $2 because I immediately saw what I did wrong. But then I was kind of like, uh, go fuck yourself. No one was here. That's that's not my fault. I'm sorry you, I blocked in that car. You got it out. I don't know how. Maybe they drove it over my Camry. Um, but didn't mean for this to happen. And, and that was the only time, like, we were struggling. Like, he was trying to keep my door from closing. And I was like, that ain't happening today, sport. I didn't say sport, but I wish I did. Sport's one of my favorite terms to someone. It's so wonderfully dismissive. Again, not saying I'm right. I'm, 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 this is dark Jedi energy. We call those Sith. Uh, there's no gray Jedi. Don't let anyone with a YouTube channel tell you that gray Jedi are a real thing. Do not. They don't understand Star Wars. Anyways, that that was a close time. Some of that, you know, there's tense moments. But that ain't me, man. Like the turtles sing. That ain't be. It ain't me, babe. Whoa, whoa. No. Um. Today, this morning, the time of this recording. A rainy Tuesday in Burbank. Uh, actually, I was in Glendale proper, um, or, or suburbs of Glendale, which won't Glendale. Glendale is a suburb. Okay, stop that, Ken. I, uh, it was a rainy morning. I was meeting someone for breakfast. Um, I'll, sh- I'll shout him out. He's a listener of the show, the wonderful Mike Fink. Uh, he was in town for work. We, we were going to meet up to have a, a meetup. It's not a Patreon tier. You don't get that. Well, I can, pro- if you, I can name an amount if, if you want to do that. But, um, He's a swell cat, and I was excited, and I was not running late. We both were kind of running slightly late because of travel and rain. It was rain. What I say was it was not like uh, it never rains in Southern California, but girl, don't they warn you rain. It was a problem rain. And I get to this little strip of uh, Glendale where it was this coffee shop and breakfast bar, and uh, they're shooting a movie, Hollywood, and they took all the fucking parking and this tiny little block, it's this only, it's a quaint little, like, Gilmore Girls, like, stretch of downtown in, like, one block of Glendale. And the rest is all houses. So the Hollywood production, those big wigs down at Hwood, took all the parking and had to park two blocks away. So I was grumpy. Not grumpy that it was there, but as grumpy, I was also running late because I knew I didn't have all the time in the world to sit there and have a, a coffee and what I had, a breakfast burrito. He didn't have anything. He stared at me. He 
he stared at me as I just ate that burrito like it was some s- sort of food challenge on an, on an island reality game. Uh, and uh, I had to park down the street. They had blocked off, you know, cones everywhere. You can't park here, can't park here. Only crew, only crew. And by the way, great. Good for you. I don't mind a little walk. But it was sideways rain. So I was grumpy. And I get out. I'm walking. You all don't know. This is very, like, a SNL California sketch. Glendale, the city, the area surrounding the, the actual downtown of Glendale, the, the, the neighborhoods have horribly small streets. You can tell where Burbank and Glendale start and end. Other, uh, the street signs change, of course, as they do in every city. But the streets go from, oh, I can move three cars down the road at the same time. This is great, too. Glendale's like, oh, it's a one-way lane, but it's not supposed to be. So I had to walk in the street because it was pouring rain. There was mud on the other side. Setting the scene. I'm setting the scene. And uh, I'm walking around cars that are parked and the car's driving by me. It's it's not it's cutting it close, but I, no one was afraid of my, for my life. And then I look around and I stop because there's a pickup truck, a big one of those four by four, you know, good with woodworking, but probably you know where they wanted to be on January six pickup trucks. And I, I wait and I see there's another car, and it's easier for them to go around. I appreciated the effort to stop. It was go around, keep going. Stay alive, I will find you, and I'll, I'll just do my thing. And he did the wait. He waited. Now I'll say that. Nice. Very nice. Didn't want to hit me. I'm the a-hole in this scenario from what I'm about to tell you. But it upset me because it was like, logistically, that don't work, pal. Sport. Keep going. Because this is a big pickup truck, which I'm upset about. You, you're in a car. You're going to go faster. I'm in sneakers in the rain. Just go, man. Just go. I appreciate it. Go. So I waited. I my mistake was because I was not thinking. I was grumpy. I should have given the like a yeah or thumbs up. But hey, because I do that a lot. Intersections, even if I have the right away and it's a, a stop sign based intersection. Okay, you you go. I know where I'm going. I'm not in a rush. You get on with your life, right? That's 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 my. You get on with your life. I was kind of doing that. I was like, you get on with your life. But he didn't. He was trying to be nice. But then it was two dudes in a standoff. So he was not moving. And I was not moving. And I'm kind of ignoring him. But then he flashes his lights. Again, I, I, I'll take it on the, on the surface. He's just saying, hey, I'm letting you go, man. But the flash of the lights was done in that like, hey, fuck stick, I'm letting you go. So I look at him and I'm like, hey, dipwad, I'm letting you go. And I square my shoulders and I look at him in his car and I'm just staring at him. And I'm staring and he doesn't go and go and, and there's this tension building and then there's hand gestures and hand gestures. And then finally he slow rolls by me, mad dog me to say, and I'm, I don't mad dog. I just motherfuck. And I just, and I thought in the back of my head, in the back of my head, I thought if he stops and he gets out and we got a road rage incident, this would be on me. This would be on me. He started from the point, whether he was in a rush or he was an asshole, doesn't matter. He morally and perhaps legally, he was giving me the right away and his intentions were good. I'm just a soul whose intentions are good. But I didn't want it. I just was in, that was the mood I was in. In the back of my head, I thought, this might go into a fight. This might happen. Am I wearing the right hat for it? Also, 
of all the fights to start in the public outside of my old job, this ain't the one, Chief. Like, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't it. He kept going. Because in the back of his head, he's probably thinking, it's raining hard. I'm not getting out of this car to kick that guy's ass. Which, by the way, I don't know if that would have been the case. That's all I'll say. But he drove and I kept walking. And I calmed down. And I just thought to myself, we can't. That's, that's the dark side of the force. And I ended up having a nice breakfast and try to go on with my day. It was a busy day trying to go on with my day. And, and, you know, and it was the day we're supposed to, you know, supposed to get the Trump indictment, right? But really, I talked about this on the Wanger Show. Shout out to anyone who's coming over from the Wanger Show. That, that Trump was going to be indicted or arrested or a mugshot emerge on this day was told by Trump himself. Though it may still happen, it may happen next week or next month or the seven years that we've been promised. It may happen. It may happen. It's a it's a symbol of hope. It's a it's a spiritual victory. Whether or not he would get indicted and fully convicted, it doesn't matter at this point to me. But it was another part of his grift. I think it was the, that chess move to see like, hey, I'm going to get arrested on Tuesday. Millions of you should take to the streets. Paraphrasing. I'll give him that. I'm paraphrasing. And it didn't happen, right? Some people took the streets, but mostly the people on the streets were there to mock the people who did show up to support Trump in any way. And the indictment hasn't happened. At the time of this recording, the indictment hasn't happened. And, and you know, and, and I'm looking forward to that day. Again, looking not because not I think it solves anything, not because I think uh, this is uh, 100% that what needs to happen. It's just something that should happen and it's something that will be a symbol of hope for those um, who not just have been rooting for it. It's not about rooting for it. He's affected people's lives, right? He's affected people's lives. He's been a lifelong criminal. This goes to me beyond the White House. This goes beyond hush money to Stormy Daniels. This goes beyond, you know, using Michael Cohen to slip that money across the table as a payoff. It goes beyond that. It goes back to just him as as a, as a you know, quote-unquote property owner, uh, New York socialite, whatever. Hell, this goes for at least his third season beyond of The Apprentice. And it's just going to be a, hey, maybe there's some sort of right still left in the world if he's indicted. A, a historic indictment if it does happen. Conviction, all this stuff. You know, and of all the things he's been investigated for, is the Stormy Daniels one of the, 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 the most important to get? I, I mean, I think to me they're all equal, but, you know, there's maybe other things. That's the point I'm talking about. It doesn't matter. All that matters is it might happen. We've been told, we've been hoping for years something like this could happen, but we might be on the cusp of it. And I think he was not just, I don't think he was just trying to grift and get people to hit the streets. I think he was testing the waters. He was yelling fire in a theater to see if anyone showed up to burn down the theater with him, right? It didn't happen. I was thinking about this too, Ben. We got, uh, we got putting hands Ron, putting fingers Ron down there in Florida. Which, by the way, I don't want to, there's no part of me that will defend that scumbucket. I've never eaten pudding with fingers, but there's been times in my life where I've lacked utensils and went ahead with it anyway. I think we've all been there. But I think the point of that story about the Santas and the pudding fingers is I think it wasn't that there was a lack of utensils. It was, this is what he does. And that's, you know, I'm not, I don't think everyone needs to be a dog owner. I don't. 
if you immediately don't own a dog or don't like dogs, I don't think ill of you. But when Trump was like, yeah, no dogs for me, it was one of those ones like, eating pudding with your fingers and spoons and maybe even forks and definitely sporks might be an option, even a knife. I have done that. Holy crap. I have eaten pudding with a plastic knife. God bless me. I'm a man of many skills. I was thinking about this about DeSantis, though, as uh, we are looking towards, when you look towards 2024 and the Republican nomination, most likely, still frightening enough, could be an indicted Trump. You know, Putin Ron or uh, the Big Orange could, could, could be the final choices, or could be the choices. And I just, I, you're trying to, I can't measure the two of them. I, I want neither of them to be anywhere near the scene. And I was just thinking, I, at this point in 2023, I think I hate Ron DeSantis more. I look at his face. He's, by the way, two years younger than me or something like that. That's what all rage, hate, and, and children will do for you. All right, the children thing might have, I don't want to insult anyone as parents. But you know what I mean? And I'm not saying I'm a Greek god who's preserved in stone and not cracking. Like, you know, I do have, I do have, you, you, you'd be surprised how nice my skin is. You really would. I get a comment. I get comments a lot. You'd be surprised. Everything else, it, it ain't working. But you see my rosy cheeks, you're like, hey, good skincare routine. Which we've discussed around these before, these parts before. Anyways, I was trying to think, so I was trying to measure that. I do believe Ron is more dangerous. He's more calculating. Um, Trump was more of a buffoon, but took that buffoonery all the way to the top. And I think DeSantis has got enough of the, the normals that might be left on that side who are full in on that side and never looking anywhere else. They might, he might have him fooled just a little bit. I know some folks. Just, he just might have him fooled a little bit. Now, if you look at what he's doing in Florida, look what he's trying to do in Florida, look what he's saying, all this, all the, the woke bullshit we talked about last week, uh, the anti-woke, I should say, bullshit. Um, by the way, wasn't that crazy? I talked about wokeness on here or what it meant to people, the definition of it, where I understood where it come from, uh, where it came from, and why maybe I shouldn't, you know, I've, it's not a word for me. It's not my experience. I believe in the grand things around it. And then that explodes this past week. I'm not saying I predicted that. It'd be great if I would then people would probably flock to my podcast more i was just i was i had this thought driving around today of like the thing the difference between at least trump at times made me laugh over the course of his lifetime i i, I'll, I i'm gonna say that i'm admitting it right here in an audio and video recording if you're listening to patreon i'm not gonna release this part as a clip probably i've had some self-esteem kick in uh some self-loathing about releasing clips again it's it's a thing this one this one not gonna happen this part right here but I only only gonna say is is horrible. And he's horrible. The big orange is horrible. Over the course of his lifetime, he's done and said some things that have made me laugh. I, I was a dedicated fan. This is what got me thinking about this. I was a dedicated fan of The Apprentice, at least the first two or three seasons. Like de- definitely the first two. I can't remember when he started having the celebrity stuff. That was it. Was I was out, and it, not not even the celebrity fault. Just just I was out in in general of that. But I mean, we're talking, I was a big fan of Survivor. It was Mike, Mark Burnett programming, right? I was a big fan, big fan of Survivor. I watched like 18 of the first 20 seasons or something. I didn't miss them. It was big in our house, me being my roommates at the time. Uh, exciting stuff, you know? It was like Survivor night. And that went up to like early 2010s. 
And so I was like, oh, Survivor. And, you know, uh, now you got The Apprentice. And, and, and if you don't know who Trump is, you don't spend time with Trump. I'm not just talking about personally, but just knowing more about him throughout the 80s when he explodes, you know, you, you, you can maybe not like him, not like his vibe, but you can look and with the image that he projected was maybe what you bought into. Successful businessman, the Trump way, books, casinos, hotels. Oh, my God. Look at and I, I like to say I own some Trump ties. God, I hope I, I just bet I don't. Oh, I better double check. I got rid of love to suit. And tie. I, got, I don't have any suits left. But I was buying some Trump ties. I liked it. Solid red, solid yellow, gold, you know, the power colors, all that. I, I, I was there on that stuff. I was there on it. I don't know why I'm going to deny it. And that was part of the thing. Now, if you knew the history, it, it, like we do now, and, that, and it's a different time. Now, every, there's BTS on everything. We know every, perhaps sometimes we know too much, but I think this is why I do side on as crazy as these times can get. It, it, it could be a good thing. Trump destroyed the USFL, the United States Football League, much in the same way he went into the White House and came out of it. Like, it, it, beat for beat, some of the stuff's the same. Jeff Perlman's got that great book, Football for a Buck, that I haven't uh, uh, fully read yet, but it, it covers all that. We just didn't know that. Yeah, he hosted WrestleMania 4 and 5 at Trump Plaza in Atlantic City. I was like, this guy's a hero. You know, he was in WrestleMania. He's cool. I love The Apprentice. The hair's a little weird, but hey, you know, you're fired. Like, I love that stuff. I was there for it, and he, and he would make me laugh and that kind of stuff. And that was maybe the dangerous part. But the laughter stopped at one point for me. It didn't for other folks. But there's it's still there's still a semblance. <laughs> this is, hear me out here. There's still a semblance of humor in the man. I think he's disgusting. His humor's disgusting. The things that he says and people he makes fun of, uh, you know, um, physically challenged reporters and all this disgusting but to me the ability to make someone laugh genuinely make someone laugh which he has is episodes of the apprentice no way i'm gonna deny it to you it shows something right a ray of i don't know what i'm i know even what i'm getting at here but at least shows me something then you look at old pudding fingers and that dude's making top gun parody videos where you know i'm the top gov and it's just like lacks every every like sense of humor you can have he lacks and you look at his face and it's all this faux man aggression this faux i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna cut you off reporter are you gonna ask a question no, no i asked you are you gonna ask a question it's that it's just that there's nothing to that it's hollow it's dangerously hollow he ain't funny he's not creative he doesn't have just a lick of spirit in any, anything about him. He's just a platform boot-wearing, short man complex, power-grabbing asshole who's conning people in a different kind of way. And he ain't funny. And that's my divine. <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope there was, wasn't a second that anyone thought I was defending Trump. I'm just speaking honestly about it. And when this started, I remember, I remember I text, uh, texted a friend of mine, old friend from junior high, uh, when, when Trump, because remember, he ran like 2012, I remember, he was like early on in the election process. I kind of remember, I remember seeing it going, oh, that's interesting. And he was gone, right? Some, someone could throw up the numbers uh, of, of what happened in, in 2012. That was, it was Romney's year to lose, all that kind of stuff. He emerges again in, you know, 2014, 2015, does the big 
going down the escalator. I'm I'm running. I'm running. And, and, and everyone's like, hey. And I, I I text a friend. I'm like, hey, you know what? He he's got no chance. I, I almost verbatim. So he's got no chance of winning. But hey, at least he'll entertain us with some humor, right? At least he'll say some funny things. Uh, you know, uh, and, and this is this is my friend, but I'm texting very Democrat, very Democrat his whole life. And he was kind of laughing off too. But then we both quickly realized, oh, oh no, oh no, because again, that's part of his grift. That's part of Trump's grift. He's just saying the things that I want to say. He's just telling it like it is. Question anyone who wants to tell it like it is, because what are they saying? What are they really, truthfully saying? Most of the time, it's them taking a hammer and bludgeoning everyone else around them. Not that some people don't need to occasionally be told, hey, I'm going to stop you right there, and I'm just, just we just got to get to the truth of the situation, right? That's okay. But none of the I'm going to tell like it is people are doing that. They're not doing that. And, and that, was the, that was when the Trump thing started tipping over. Never had my vote. You know, as I said previously, uh, the existence of Trump on the Republican ticket is not what turned me away from years of being raised and conditioned to be a, a conservative, which on an individual basis, point by point, maybe there's some things that are, you know, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with. But, you know, what I mean, the overall view of what turned me, it, it was not him. It was looking around and going, this guy's crazy, right? And everyone else is going, nah, he's, he's saying what I want to say. It's like, oh, I got it. You're all crazy. I'm out of here. I gots to go. And it's a scary time for that kind of stuff. It is absolutely scary, which is why I'm upset at myself for being so upset over something as stupid as movie news. But I'm getting sick of it. And I'm getting sick of those in that industry, many of whom I've shared tables with, many of whom I've had to be in the same space with uh, office-wise, because that's tipped over as well. There's there's this thing that's emerged in, in the Star Wars world, because I'm in it every day. A, a movie project in the works. Maybe we're going to find some stuff out about it. Um, we had a, a director, was it Charmaine... Charmaine Abad Chinoy, I don't know her, and I apologize. It makes me seem like a dumb American when I struggle over that. I just can't remember. I, I should look that up while I'm talking. Anyways, uh, directed some Marvel stuff, like an Oscar winner. Like I think it did, did a a documentary, uh, won an Oscar. You know, I ain't doing that shit. She's she's skilled, so she she's on board to direct this project with Damon Lindelof, kind of being on top of it. And then um, a writer named Justin Britt Gibson involved and all that kind of stuff. And this was this this emerged as a scoop, right? This was a scoop. Charmaine Obad Chinoy. I want to get it right. Put some respect on that name, Ken. Um, and they have left this project. Um, and this this movie might not be happening. Though that's not the actual story. The point of this is. Why I'm so upset. It's not that another movie, even another Star Wars movie, might be in the works, might be in trouble. Uh, a fav- famous creator comes in and it's not quite working out. That, that, ain't, that ain't the problem. The problem is this isn't old-style movie news. This isn't a, uh, you know, 
this comes from someone who, who this is his job, but it's the person who is kicking up dust to, to survive, right? To get money, to get the name out there, to have some sort of currency, go listen to a podcast on this and that, which I respect and get. But the way it's handled, and now all variety deadline, anyone, anyone, you know, all the majors pick it up. And now the conversation goes to yet a, hey, yet another Star Wars film is not being made. And Lucasfilm keeps messing up the movie side. And Kathleen Kennedy is to blame and all this stuff. And certainly nothing's been, not everything's been perfect over there. The Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron project was in fact announced. A, a great emotional video was made from Patty and it didn't work out. And it didn't work out. And that's going to happen. And again, Nothing's been 100% perfect with Lucasfilm on the Star Wars movies since uh, 2016, when the first time, uh, or yeah, or maybe, no, 2015, with, with Josh Trank kind of um, announces a standalone director of a standalone movie not involved. Colin Trevorrow, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the dweebs who tried to make Solo and that didn't work out and, and all those kind of things. And the reshoots, 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 all this bullshit. Uh, and if you don't like the sequel trilogies, I don't care. Even if you're listening to me right now, you don't like the sequel trilogy movies, great. God bless you. God bless you. I love them. They're perfection to me in so many ways, and including in their imperfections, because all Star Wars movies and programs have these wonderful, glorious imperfections. But it's, it goes beyond that. The point of this is, we have this cottage industry around movie news that I was uh, a large, had a large part in. And not my part wasn't large, but I was involved in some things that had a larger part in, into it. And maybe you've heard me say this rant before, but let me just get to the point. Lucasfilm never announced this film. It wasn't on StarWars.com. It wasn't anywhere. There was, it was not a panel coming at Star Wars Celebration. The announcement of the Lindelof movie, nothing. It was a scoop by a movie news professional in the sense that he receives money for what he does who called sources and this and that. And that, by the way, I don't doubt it. I do think this project was in the works, is in the works. And I think a version of it will happen, which again, is key to the story. So everyone gets excited as you should. Okay. Some of you like Lindelof, some of you don't. And then, you know, you know, if, so if you're a Star Wars fan or just a movie news fan, it's exciting stuff. Star Wars in the theater is a big thing. None of it official, right? None of it announced. All of it's supposed to be backroom not secret, like we can't tell anyone, but just we're doing our thing. Everyone gets excited. We Force Center talked about it. No denial for me on that. But we did talk about it in these terms. Hey, folks, it's not official. We don't know if this is true. We don't know what the finish line will look like. We don't know what they're trying to cross in terms of the finish line. We just don't know. You have a director involved. You have some names. There was this supposed writer's room thing that met at that, right, for Star Wars Celebration and Dave Filoni brought his cowboy hat. By the way, if you're not a Star Wars fan and you're listening to the show or you're watching it on the on the Patreon-only video version, God bless you. I'm sorry, but a lot of names maybe you don't care about. But this is, I'll work to the point as soon as I can. I just, I'm fucking pissed off about it. It was never announced. So now that two of the names who were not officially announced are off the project, a pretty common thing in Hollywood. But I'm not here to lecture anyone on how Hollywood movies happen. We get it. 
We have enough BTS stuff out there now. Again, we know now. Growing up as a kid, as a kid, I had no idea what the fuck a development meeting was or someone's in talks. All I know is I went into the movie theater, the Fair Oaks movie theater on Fair Oaks Avenue and Grand in Royal Grande, California. Paid two bucks for a ticket, even in the, like the 90s. That's where I saw Return of the Jedi for the second time. That's where I saw Young Guns 2 for the first time. <laughs> Ain't Die Hard 2. Double feature. Oh, yeah. A night of twos. Or, you know, I walk into the lobby at Festival Cinemas. Another part off the 101 freeway in Royal Grande, California. It's there down under a different name. I ended up working there. My movie news was the lobby. I'd see a poster and go, oh, look at that. They're making a sequel to Young Guns 2. Young Guns, Young Guns 2. Look at this. That's great. I'll get Entertainment Weekly, and Entertainment Weekly will come a month out, uh, come out a month after this poster, and I'll get some news on it. We are, we are past that. And you can't put that back in. And again, there's a lot of things that are, it's important for things to come to light, right? We know more about who people like Trump are because of, of, of a, a society that is, uh, knows perhaps too much. That's how voices, uh, oppressed voices, uh, harassed and hurt voices, underprivileged voices, voices in pain, that's how they get their message out. So we're in an okay time for that stuff. I don't, I want any of that to change. I ain't going back. I don't like going back. I like going forward. But, it's how we handle the now that's important. How do we handle the now? It's a measure of a person to me. So this scoop comes out from a scooper looking to put a food on a table. And that's a nice way of looking at him. But this movie's happening. And then they're going to announce this at Star Wars Celebration 2023. It's going to be the 2025 movie. They have a five-year movie plan. And all this is just on sources... Um, again, legit. This isn't like a lot of YouTube blogs. You can uh, a source set, it says, and their sources, their imaginary friend in their mind. These are these are probably valet parkers at at, at uh, you know restaurants near Disney or people production assistants. Who knows? Who knows? And yes, by the way, sometimes studios or actors, directors, or PR teams will leak information. So maybe it was uh, you know. Lindelof's team, they were like, we really want this movie to happen, so we're going to leak this story. We're going to call up old Scoopy McGee over here, and it wasn't that it was kind of like a Dan Merle character. I don't want to step on Dan's character. Dan's a good dude. But we're going to call old, old him over there. Scoops McGee was his name, right? We're going to call, we're going to call, you know, Hothead over here, and Hothead's going to run exclusives and go on his podcast and tell everyone the goddamn story. And again, it's probably a good source. But that could have been Lindelof's people going, yeah, we really want this to happen, so we're going we're gonna to leak it, right? Like that Sean Levy guy behind Stranger Things and all the stuff, his, he has a Star Wars film in the works. That's so not a fact other than he got he said it because a, a, a story was out there, a rumor was out there, and he, like, tweeted it. Yeah, this is great. Now you, you're putting pressure on Lucasfilm. Again, Lucasfilm didn't announce it. So now the, 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 the project has gone through some changes. What project? We don't know because nothing was announced. And again, Lucasfilm has made mistakes. Benioff and Weiss announced doing like a Star Wars trilogy. I don't know details of that, but Benioff and Weiss eventually go, and it has not, maybe emotionally something to do with Game of Thrones, 
but it had a lot to do with a multi, 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 multi-million dollar deal from Netflix that they probably couldn't have taken or at least executed properly if they had stayed with Lucasfilm to do a Star Wars trilogy, which would have been 10 years of their life. So they kind of said, hey, we're going to go by yoink and left. I honestly think if, if all the facts again that, that would emerge in that, I don't know if Lucasfilm would be at, at fault. Ryan Johnson trilogy is announced. It's still in play, but, you know, again, I'm not here to defend Lucasfilm and Disney don't need me to defend them as, 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 as very successful companies, right? I'm here to defend the fans who are moved by this stuff, who are being trampled over by this dumb fuck movie talk kind of stuff. These people gritting you on these YouTube channels. What's going on at Lucasfilm? Click, 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 click. By the way, I should just make that the title of my headline, my, my thumbnail. So now everyone's up in arms. Everyone's up in arms over this idea that this project is not happening anymore. Now, again, that's not the case. If you read the whole story, and I haven't read all of it, I just Google searched. There's too many of them out there, too many people picking up the story now. The movie, whatever that movie was or is, could still and probably will very well happen and probably could and probably will be very much denounced at Star Wars Celebration and could very well be in that 2025 schedule slot they have. All that could very well still be in place with the same director. Just these names and the early on part of it left or aren't parts of it, parts of the project for reasons we don't know because no scooper gives a fuck about that. They just want you to know that this happened. Click, click, click on my story. Click, click, click on my story. This is akin to if I was in my kitchen and I thought to myself, I think I want pizza for dinner. I'm going to look up some pizza options. And then somewhere along the way, I go, you know what? I still want dinner. I'm still going to have dinner, but I've decided I want tacos. I'm going to go to Taco Hut. Not going to pizza. But if the scooper reports, I'm hearing from sources inside the house, Francis or Baxter, the Chihuahuas, I'm hearing from sources inside the house, Ken Napsok is thinking about pizza for dinner. He's expressed an interest, interest in pizza for dinner. And then I end up going to Taco Hut, and suddenly headlines are, once again, Ken uh, fails uh, to have a pizza dinner. Uh, he can't get his, his straight. Uh, he was Pizza's canceled, and they ended up with tacos. And now all the fans out there are upset. Uh, we wanted pizza. You were going to give us pizza. Instead, we got tacos. And I'm over here going, I never told you anything about the fucking pizza, you fuck fucks. All I knew was I was going to have dinner and I'm having a great dinner. You probably would enjoy watching me eat tacos. You'd probably enjoy the tacos from Taco Hut if you just shut up about it and watch the tacos. Instead, you're going to get rage clicks or you're going to invest in the fact that I might have had a fleeting thought about pizza or even at some point went to the pizza websites to look up fucking pizza options and decided, you know what? Pizza doesn't feel right right now. I've changed my mind and we're going to go have taco. It's uh, tacos. It's still dinner. But you're over here focusing on the pizza stuff that you weren't even supposed to know about. Because back in the day, we didn't know about that. Back in the day, we walked into the dinner lobby and saw a poster for tacos and went, yes, Ken's having tacos. This is great. I can't wait for dinner uh, with tacos. But now you go in and go, well, you hear that? You see that poster for tacos? It was going to be pizza. But they failed to, to come to a They just fucking failed on pizza. 
and we want pizza. Come to my angry channel, my angry YouTube channel. I'm a dude in a car, or I've got some, uh, you know, microphones and some friends, probably like these. And we're going to rant about pizza. We deserve pizza. They're giving us tacos, everybody. They're giving us tacos, but we wanted pizza. Don't let them take away your pizza. Because in the 80s, we had a lot of pizza. And we loved our pizza in the 80s. And that's all we want. And because we don't understand that the, uh, you know, the submarine sandwiches they served in the, in the 90s and early 2000s with the prequels, the prequel sandwiches. We, we, we wanted dinner then. We wanted pizza. And we got sandwiches. And we were upset about the cold cuts. So we're still pissed about that. And now on my YouTube channel, you can watch three, five times a week. Don't forget to super chat, fuck fucks. They're, they're still denying us the pizza we wanted. In fact, they, they were thinking about pizza, but they're giving us tacos. Fuck their tacos. Fuck their tacos. Oh, by the way, a woman made the tacos? Definitely fuck the tacos. Oh, I'm not a sexist. I'm not a misogynist. But I'm leaving the back door open to my YouTube channel. If you want to come in in the comments and talk about how tacos are, are woke and there's too many social justice warriors in Taco Hut... Uh, you can come into my YouTube channel. I'm not going to block you. I'm not going to do anything about that. Come on in there. I ain't I ain't a misogynistic uh, asshole, but you can be. I got a home for you here. I got a home for you here. Let's talk about how they took away our pizza. That's what's fucking happening. And it's not necessarily the scooper on the pizza, by the way. The problem's with that. But it's a job. Movie news. Army, what was Army uh, Army Archer, the old uh, you know movie news reporter, pressing the hat? Yeah, I say, uh, Clark Gable, what film are you gonna make? That's it's it's a thing, man. I got no problem with that. I got no problem with variety, deadline, all that kind of stuff. But it's what we do with it. It's what we do with the now that's the problem for me. That's the fucking problem. That's the problem about now. It, it, normal people are looking at these news reports about they're making pizza and they're buying it and they're only seeing that. And they don't have ill will in their heart. They just, they liked pizza in 1983. What's these tacos? I want a pizza. And they fuel that machine. And that machine tramples over us. It tramples over fandoms. It takes over fandoms. And it takes over the lives of people who are underprivileged, less represented in more of a precarious position in life. Yes, I'm equating it. The overreaction to movie news absolutely is a small microcosm of what's going on in the world. How we take this news, how we talk about pop culture, how we try to understand it as art. I keep saying this, I keep saying this on the shows, I keep saying this on Force Center, I said this on Wangers the other night. It's so fucking funny I grew up in this era, 70s, 80s, where that was kid stuff. Comic books and cartoons were kid stuff. But guess what? A lot of them a lot of them were. I'm not saying Transformers in the 80s was high uh, morality tale art. It had probably some good stuff in it. I don't remember it. I just, I liked Soundwave. Razor Man. Like, I like, that's what I like. Laserbeak. Like, that, that's the, I like that Transformer. But we were told that it was kid stuff. And we have to grow up from it. But it was art. It was our stories. We were being influenced by it. For better or worse, it was influencing us. We were missing the messages, comic books, for a long time. Once the code was broken, the comics code, all that kind of stuff, 
1960s Kirby Lee, you know, I know Lee's got his issues that, uh, you know, he's, you know, his Kirby fans, Lee fans, there's that whole drama. I'm not there for that. But, you know, like, they were saying things in these comics. They had points. But everyone looked down on it as kid stuff. It was kid stuff. You grow out of it. You grow out of it. Star Wars, Star Trek, all that kind of stuff. It's just a TV show. Star Trek was pushing boundaries. Star Trek probably looked down upon by many in that generation of a certain age. The kids were listening. First, uh, you know, interracial kiss on, on broadcast television. Kids were watching. Change starts to happen. Art starts to speak to the people that need to hear it. And then the generations above, or not even the generations above, the people around it don't get it, will deride it and, and, and talk down to it, and talk down to you for being influenced by it. But in, for better or worse, it influenced us. And now this whole industry emerges, explodes in the 2010s. We love movies. We love comics. They're making these movies because a lot of the people making movies were these kids. And they realize it's their art. And they want to tell their own stories in this world. And more and more, and the superhero movies explode. Star Wars is back. Game of Thrones is popular. D&D moves out of the shadows of a basement and is now one of the most popular forms of entertainment out there with people making good money and having great careers doing it. God bless them. I know some of them. It's not just nostalgia. It's just we're telling more of these stories. But there's still a lot of people that look down upon it. They don't think it's part of the world at large. And there are people in the space, in the movie talk space. They look down on it. They don't think how serious it is. So you think it's great to sit there and rant about Star Wars. You think it's great to, to uh, attack some of the creators or decision makers in it because you don't like the movies. As I always will say, is your right. It's your right to not like them. But it's your responsibility to talk about that in a way that does not do harm to those making it or to those that enjoy it. And so many people I know personally fail at this. And I'm done talking to these folks. I'm muting them. I'm blocking them. In some cases, I'm following them. I just can't, I can't be associated with these fucks anymore. I'm over them. And these are people who I think are well-intentioned whose political views, in many cases, I think I would align with. And political views, not in terms of D's and R's, but just the look of the world, the understanding of the world. But yet when it comes down to talking about this stuff and talking about movie news and the way they talk about it, the way they review, they're not reviewing anything. They're not discussing anything. They don't know what these movies are about. They're just giving their hot takes on it. God bless them. And in the process... They're doing their part to destroy our art. They're doing their part to destroy the conversations around them. And if you do not think that the way in which you talk about movie news affects the way in which you talk about politics, does not affect the way you look at the world, you're sadly mistaken. And as I always say, it does not mean I don't want to sit there and sometimes have, you know, silly shows. I watch ghost hunting shows. Do I think ghost hunting shows are high art? I play Fortnite. Do I think that's high art? I do Fortnite clips on, uh, on YouTube. I have fun doing them. Occasionally I put a joke in there that's 
making some sort of political stand, but that's not what I'm doing it, right? You can, you can just enjoy the stuff. But when it comes to the big things that are influencing generations, Force Awakens is coming up on 10 years old. It has, it has influenced generations, whether you like it or not. You may have grown up on pizza, and it might be dinner might be tacos now, but you have to let the generation enjoying those tacos enjoy it because they're not, it's not just fun. Like I'm not, I see sometimes there's a, you know, oh, don't take away people's joy. I, I don't always agree with that. Meaning, you know, uh, it, 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 that's, that's too, too, too simplified a way to look at it. I'm not saying, oh, just let, just let people be happy. I'm saying let people be influenced. Let people's lives be affected by this stuff and realize the importance of it. And realize the importance of if you have a, a YouTube channel or a podcast or a friend group in which you're all bashing these films that you clearly fail to understand, number one. But even if you do and you don't like them, the way in which you talk about them, the way in which you talk about the performers, the actors, the characters, those in the, in the, in the decision-making processes, it is op- you are putting your foot on the back door so some really destructive, harmful people can come into your space and tear down the walls of a civilized society and cause harm to those just trying to get on by and be influenced and enjoy things and learn from things and understand things. It's, it's a disconnect. So that's why I'm upset at movie news because it's no longer just movie news. If it was handled in an appropriate way, Oh, oh, I, I hear there's a rumor that they're making a Star Wars film with Lindelof and team behind it. Oh, that's pretty interesting. We know it's not uh, it's not official yet here, but let's talk about the possibilities about it. That seems pretty cool. Do you like Lindelof? Oh, you like Lost? You like Watchmen? Oh, you didn't. You don't. Okay, you didn't like, what was the other? Leftovers? Oh, you didn't like that. Okay, great, great, great. What about this Justin Britt Gibson? Have you heard of stuff? Oh, okay, uh, this is fun to speculate on what this might be. Oh, hey, guess what? Turns out this report that, hey, maybe that's not happening. Maybe the director's still going to be involved. Hey, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what that means. Let's talk about what we might get. Hey, looks like they were making pizza, but we might get tacos. Do you want to have tacos? What do you think about the tacos? Do you want to try? You should try tacos. You know, you want to stick with pizza? Okay, good. If you talk about it like that, respectful of the process, respectful of the art, but instead, instead, what everyone does is we take it. It's not just about a world that takes things and puts it, makes content. I'm a, I, I'm a content creator for whatever the fuck that means, right? I'm not trying to be David Bowie. Wish I could be. My eyes match, number one. Two, you know, I don't have that skill. I'm not saying I'm that kind of artist. But I'm not sitting here talking about Star Wars as if it's some dumb little fun thing that I can shit on to make myself feel good, to make myself feel I have some sort of ownership over it, an owner of the art, and to, and to deny everyone's experiences and perspectives. Just, I just despise that shit. I despise that shit. And it goes into everything else, man. I, I, this happened. This happened this weekend, too. Uh, I'm a big fan of you, too, all right? You don't need to be a fan of you too. I don't need you to be a fan of you too. All right, it's okay if you're not a fan of you too. And in fact, five of the reasons you list, I might be like, yeah, no, I get it totally. Eh, yeah, oh yeah, later albums. Yeah, Bono's ego. Yeah, okay, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, Bono's hair. Okay, cool. Edge's beanie. Watch yourself. I don't need you to love you too. You two saved my life. 
the solo music of George Harrison, the music of U2. I'd been fans before. I'd been super fans, especially of George Harrison before. But in the early 2000s, when I was really dark and depressed, uh, once had a loaded gun to my head, once almost jumped off a building, it wasn't like the music of Bono and The Edge and Larry and Adam and George Harrison and everyone rang through my ears and I turned around and saved my life. I don't mean that when I say it. But in my darker hours during that time period, when the church with a capital C had failed me, and I do mean that, there's, there's times in my life where I think I've failed God, but the church, not God, failed me in the early 2000s. Which does not mean I want to erase the church. I just want to tax it. My folks were struggling to understand how to deal with it. I was also cute. I was, didn't live at home. My friends didn't know how to understand it. I was, I was working and trying to survive in a very uh, toxic masculinity-based kind of uh, industry uh, where men don't talk about feelings. What are you, a pussy? We don't do that here. Um, all that kind of stuff. All that, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it sounds like a stereotype or cliche to say, but that's what it was. Couldn't talk about that. And it was their music, U2's music. It was the solo music of George Harrison, both the connective threads being they're very spiritual in nature, saved me. I took solace in them. I, I was able to find warmth and comfort and maybe a little bit of understanding and, and, and a drive to go forward. You don't know that story, and I don't need to tell you that story. And quite frankly, you don't need to hear that story. But U2 is back in the uh, limelight again right now, and it's a different kind of limelight. They'll never be what they were in terms of popularity and influence. But they got songs of surrender. They're redoing uh, their uh, songs, which I actually I kind of enjoy. And I enjoy the concept of them doing it 50 years in, right? They're coming up on 50 years as a band or whatever. And they're like, hey, we're, let's look back at what we did. You know, let's, what did we do? <laughs> and what, did, you know, do we want to try the songs mean anything now? Do they mean anything ever? Let's look at it. We're getting to that phase of our life. Let's look at what we've done. And it's an interesting artistic approach. And they got a documentary on Disney Plus now, hosted by David Letterman, and da, 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 who's himself is 75, crazy to think. And this has kicked up the dust of U2 discourse, which is not as powerful or vibrant as Star Wars discourse, but I saw people doing this. It's the old, ah, U2's overrated, U2 sucks, U2 sucks. I even saw some of them people I know. So you're putting yourself above it. You're putting yourself, you're owning, you're owning them. You're, you're above them as, 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 a, as a fan. You're above the artist. They suck. And again, not every band is great. Not every U2 song is great. I get that. 10, 15 years ago, it might have been different. But you don't know my story of them saving my life. That's a dramatic statement, but I'll stand by it here now. You don't know that story. Like I said, you don't need to. I don't need to tell you. But you're overrated, you're sucked, and everything certainly does not allow my, my perspective. It's all done for a, a cheap click on Twitter. It's all done for a, a like and a heart and a ha-ha. Good for you. But again, that's fine. But then I, I also find it to, you're, it's denying history. You're denying the actual history of a band that changed the world in a couple times in terms of their popularity and their influence and their style 
They come from a land, Ireland, Ireland. They come from a culture in which they emerged in sort of a, 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 a punk-like scene, rebelling against some of the traditional conservative uh, overlords holding them down. It's a fascinating story, tied deep to their culture, deep, deep to the community. Live Aid, Joshua Tree, Rattle and Hum, we're going to go away and dream it all up again. They come back with Octone Baby. Pop is crazy. Zeropa is interesting. They go away for a bit, try some stuff, and they come back. Beautiful day. All that you can't leave behind era. They reapply for the job of the best rock band in the world. All that kind of stuff. I, if you didn't like any of it, and you didn't like them at any point, that's your journey. I don't, I don't need you to like them. But to sit there and say they're overrated, to sit there and say that they suck, you're denying actual history. You're denying their important place. You're denying their influence. You're denying the experience of those who were enthralled by them, entertained by them, moved by them, saved by them. So why are you doing that? That's the biggest thing that's changed in me. You used to do the schmoes news bits and everything, and, and a lot of it was done on this base of, I'm just going to be callous and snarky I'm going to shit on things. I'm going to make fun of people because I can. One of my, one of my best moments and jokes doing the Schmoes news for those who remember, I did a, uh, I did a joke when they announced they were going to reboot uh, the mummy movie franchise, right? That was what's going to happen, right? And I made some joke at the expense of Brendan Fraser suggesting he's unemployed, he's out of the business, and he's, uh, you know, I forget exactly what the joke was, but it, it got a huge laugh. Everyone in that studio laughed. And, and it, again, it's, it was funny, right? In terms of jokes, it was funny. And it was just jokes, man, right? It was just jokes. This is why I hate comics. And they're, I'm just, I'm just making jokes, man. It's just words, man. I'm just getting a laugh. I made that joke at the expense of a, of a celebrity I did not know personally, uh, a celebrity who had had a nice career but seemed to have vanished. And um, I had, I just assumed that, uh, you know, he'd probably feel pretty low and bad about that. And, you know, whatever. I'm just making fucking jokes. I'm the Schmoes news guy and everyone here laughed. And by the way, everyone there again, it was a pretty funny joke. You should have laughed. And then it starts to kind of emerge that, uh, you know, Brendan's career was affected by, um, Sexual harassment, I think even to the point of you could say sexual assault. It comes out with this. Uh, a man saying that, which is, you know, it's, it's definitely, uh, I'd say, a harder harder journey for, for women but and, and others. But um, he, he, he says that, it, you know, because it, it was a man that did it to him. And, 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 you know, the idea that I couldn't say anything and, you know, uh, men are... Expect you know when you, when some dude grabs your ass at a party, fucking punch him. That's the downside. One of the many downsides of, of toxic masculinity. The reason I want to stamp it out as as much as I do. It isn't just the outward stuff. It isn't just the I'm a macho man. I pose with my AR-15 and that makes me cool and that's my outlook on the world. That that's that's the damage and and then the, the damage that they actually do uh, 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 to society and partners and that kind of stuff. But, but toxic masculinity hurts the men, right? There's that side of it. So now you have, you have a, a sexually assaulted a man who's like, I can't, I can't say it because I'm expected to deal with it as a man. 
I'm expected to just brush it off. I'm expected to just go um, fight the guy in the parking lot. Uh, and that's not the way it really works. And I am hurt and I'm affected and my career's affected. And, and then next thing you know, he's, he's out of it. And he ain't the young six-pack ab Tarzan guy. You know, you know he's a different uh, build. He has the audacity to age. And now, flash forward to just a week or so ago, he's, he's, he's winning an Oscar. Ain't life great for him? But he has this entire period of time where none of us knew his story. None of us knew those. None, none of us could imagine those struggles. He was an Encino man. His life must be great. And I remember when that story, the, the sexual assault story emerged. I remember thinking that fucking joke I told is out there. And I think since they've pulled down all the tapes and everything like that. But I'll say it and own it now. You know, but it's out there. And I thought on that day, I, I, I ain't lying to you. Hand of the God I still believe in. I thought, oh my God, I have that. I fucking made fun of that dude. I made fun of the fact that he wasn't working. I did it. Why? Just to make a joke. It's just movie news. I was just making a joke about movie news. But I did not allow, my words did not allow... For his perspective, his experience, his journey. Didn't even think about it. We need jokes. Needle in people's okay. And punch up, punch down, all that stuff. We've had enough of those words. But you know what I mean? Teasing your buddy, making a joke. It's needed. And I'm still there for that. And making fun of the stranger you see on the street corner that does something weird. Hey, we're all going to do it and I'm going to do it again. You know, I want to be better, but I get it. But in that moment, in this small platform I had, I was just telling a joke. And the joke I told was about someone who had experienced something pretty horrible. It affected his life. It affected his career. The fact that he won an Oscar is a one in a million, once in a lifetime occurrence. That's not happening for most folks. It's crazy that this Oscars, we got two sort of big redemption wins in the Oscars with Brendan Fraser and Kei Hui Kwan. Good old short round, right? It's amazing we got those two stories. That is so rare, not just in Hollywood, but in life. In the meantime, out there, I'm out there, some fucking scrub and a, and a misfitting suit trying to be a jokey newsman, making fun of this dude. I felt so terrible. All of this matters now because all of this is so public. All of this is so out there. We are in an era of content. So all your words do matter. How you talk about things, including expressing how you dislike them. YouTube, movies, Star Wars, Kathleen Kennedy, all of it. How you even explain your dislike matters. It's important. Because everything is out there. Everything is to be absorbed. Everything is to be heard and processed, internalized. You do not know who you might be hurting. And if you don't care, then you're part of the problem. Are there things like uh, selective outrage? Thank you, Chris Rock, for making that so popular. 
<sighs> no, I didn't love the special. I didn't see all of it. Didn't need to see all of it. Are there cases of that? Are there people, especially on the quote-unquote left of things that are sometimes performative? Oh, you better believe it. Is everyone perfect? Turns out, no. Am I perfect? Far from it. I'm a mess. I'm a disaster. I just got a, this, this letter right here is from another credit card company saying, eh, thanks, but no thanks. Your card's capped. Now you can't function and live. No, no, no. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. But I will no longer be as long as I can control it and be aware of it. I will no longer be that person whose words can be used to shut off the perspective of someone else. To not listen to the perspective of someone else or leave the goddamn back door open for sexist, racist, fascist, any of those types. We are in a dangerous time because it's all interconnected. And a lot of those people in that space, a lot of those people, those YouTube channels, some of them making millions of dollars. God bless them. Save it and spend it well, my friends. Enjoy the finer things in life. You sold your soul to earn it, but you got it. You got scoreboard because life's about winning, right? And I got zeros up on that scoreboard. But all of it matters. Do not talk down to pop culture. Do not be dismissive of pop culture. Do not overlook the importance of how you discuss the why. Because all of it is intertwined. Is there an actual cultural war, cultural war going on? I, I, I think so. I think so. I don't know who started it, who's in it, and who wants it to go. I don't know. I don't care. But there is one particular side of this supposed culture war that went straight for pop culture, went straight for the so-called fluff and the kid stories and the silly things, and they controlled and dominated the space. So that their words and their agendas could get into these silly little, and we're just talking about movie news, we're just doing jokes. I, I'm not a sexist. I just think this character's horrible. Uh, all 15 of these characters are horrible. The fact that they're all women or, or people of color, uh, that's, that's a coincidence. Yeah. That's where they went first. They tried to go for our art. They tried to go to the conversation about art. Because you can control the art or shut off the art. You can shut off or control the people. Hot scoop. You're looking at it wrong. We'll be back after this. Thank you to a lot of people who are uh, continuing to support my journey here. Uh, talking a little business here. I do want to make sure a lot of you are aware that um, more than just kicking the dust off uh, my uh, YouTube channel tires, there's going to be a lot more coming there. 
If you enjoyed Saturday Night Knapsack, uh, the uh, satire-based uh, program I, I did for about two years solid there, uh, still here on the channel, on the podcast feed. If you enjoyed that, uh, those characters aren't dead. And certainly not dead in a podcast form. It just took a lot of, out of my soul. But um, I'm uh, going to repurpose some things from that and reuse some things in a different way and also create some new things around a lot of those characters and segments. Uh, a lot of them will live on my YouTube channel. Uh, I just felt that uh, it wasn't just that I hadn't seen it before. I hadn't wanted to see it before, if that makes sense. So because of that, some some changes afoot. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Cadnapsock will always exist, and occasionally it may pop up on that. Um, it's always good to have your options, but regular game streaming will cease to happen there uh, at the time of this podcast this week. Uh, second to last week in uh, March. Um, but um, uh, that's co it's coming to an end. It, 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 meaning, uh, and, and the game streams have moved to YouTube. And uh, I'm trying to centralize things. Uh, I have been too scattered as a creator, as an artist, as a performer. It's it's hard to, in, in this world where there's, again, where everything is content, it's easy to get lost. And it's harder, even more harder to say, Hey, I'm Ken Napsock. Invest in me and my um, dumb face. Um, invest in me and go to these 19 different places to find me. There's always going to be some differences. Uh, Pop Rocket Radio lives on, limps on, but lives on with Mixcloud. So you have to go there. Um, Saturday Night Napsock, uh, The Blathering, uh, the Napsock Network podcast feed. It's go subscribe over there, your podcast catcher of choice. Um, Stand-up's a little bit, little bit different, but, um, you know, Casterly Talk, uh, the failed box score heroes, all this stuff. <laughs> Too much at times. But I'm never going to stop, and that's the problem. I had to come to terms with it. I'm never going to stop. I'm never going to tell myself, hey, if you want to do a music show, oh, my God, you should seek that out and go this way. If there, come, if there uh, comes uh, along my way, if, along the path, if there becomes a different way to approach doing uh, uh, pop rock and radio where, where I can just guarantee that more people uh, can, can hear it, you just can't really hear it on Mixcloud. Mixcloud's not, not – well, you can if you listen, but it's not a perfect app, and, and, and there's some problems with that there. So um, – you know, I'll, I'll make that change. And if, and if it ends up being viable to go back to Twitch, I'll go back. I just, I couldn't invest in Twitch the way it was. It was not going to pay uh, in the way that it needed. And I'm talking about actual money. It wasn't going to pay in the way I needed to pay uh, by doing it once a week. But even if I just stream once a week on YouTube, it's not even about the money. It, it, it's about the activity on that channel and getting more people back to there. I always joke that there's always those people that pop uh, into streams and be like, you know, or I appear on the Wanger show or something. They're like, oh, my God, where have you been since 2018? And I always joke about it. It stings. It hurts. But I get it. I get why. Um, so now there's one spot to go or one less spot to go. But that's a big one. I was sharing these uh, Fortnite clips, TikToks, Reels, whatever. I've been putting them on shorts as YouTube and, uh, you know, for me, getting good uh, numbers, at least, um, not big life-changing numbers, but when a short of mine gets 2,000 views, that, that's, that's good stuff for me right now. I hope to double, triple, quadruple uh, that along the way. But it was just, I had this thought of like, great, if you're on YouTube and you see a Fortnite clip, you go, oh, that was kind of funny. Uh, this asshole's kind of witty. Uh, let me watch more of him. Oh, I got to go to Twitch. Even if you have a Twitch account, you got you to gotta then 
leave YouTube and follow me to Twitch and find out when I'm streaming. Instead, you could just subscribe to the YouTube channel and find me there. So with that has come things like uh, YouTube memberships, since we uh, will not have the Twitch subs anymore. You can subscribe to my channel, but for a uh, small thing, it's $1.99. I see less than a buck of that, but I wanted to keep the price low. Uh, you can become a, a monthly member of the channel. We will have members-only streams, and you do get some of the emotes and that kind of stuff. I'm going to um, unveil two uh, veins of merch, but they'll be easy to find. Um, coming soon will be the... I have... If you go to Patreon, make sure you double-check your level and change it if you need to. Uh, that might cause me to lose some money. I understand it up front, but hopefully build longer, uh, long-term uh, Patreon relationships. There's a merch level. I have the design. I think I'm sitting on it. No, I'm not sitting on the design. I have the design. Uh, the merch is uh, ready. Uh, right around or before Star Wars Celebration, which is in uh, April uh, like 7th or whatever, uh, I'm going to put that merch up. I'll make it live on Patreon. And uh, I, got, I got a cool thing uh, I think you'll like. But in addition to that, I think we're going to have some merch that's... Uh, uh, YouTube only, not even T Public. T Public is God bless them, not a bad company, but you know I'm seeing fifty cents a buck uh, once every three months. It's it's nothing. Um, I also don't put energy into it, right? Because again, it's another place to go. It's another place to find me. T Public. Uh, so now it's going to be merch on the YouTube channel. I think uh, I want to. Uh, if anyone out there listening wants to design or wants to help me design, I will compensate as always. Uh, but um, a team, I want it to be Team Zock, which is the silly name I had for my, my YouTube membership page. Um, merch related to that, hats and that kind of stuff. Um, and all of it designed to, one, yes, generate some funds. Um, Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. Literally, literally, I need some new pair of shoes. And um, keep up the interest and, and, and just allow me to do more things I want to do. Um, I've got some YouTube short ideas based on Saturday Night Napsock stuff that I'm excited about. Um and I'm actually excited, even though I'm hanging by the end of the rope. I'm hanging by it. And I'm like, bing, bing, bing. All the fingers are coming off. But I'm okay with it. And I want to thank you all, as always, for listening and supporting, sharing the show, uh, joining me on my adventures. A lot of you, what's never lost on me is a lot of you invest in me over a title of a show. Um. And I think sometimes I overlook that and sometimes I take that for granted. And maybe maybe you all experience that, right? We are not our occupations. We're not our jobs. Even when those jobs are doing great things and affecting people, that's still not who we are. We're, we, are, we are more than that. And I think what's always been interesting for me and what I've really struggled to focus on is um, I want people to be fans of Saturday Night Napsack. I want people to like the the blathering. I, w- I want them to to invest in the titles because that's how I arrived on this digital media scene. I was part of great brands. Um, yeah, and I, I, at various times, they were all great. Schmoes No was a, was a great brand at one time that I loved being part of. Uh, it's no more, right? Uh, I was part of uh, Screen Junkies, which at one point was a uber popular, successful brand. Um, it barely exists in, in, in a fandom way, but it's there, uh, Collider. And so I, I just, I looked at the title and forgot to invest in my own value along the way. And I've had moments since 2018 when I was uh, let go, but, you know, still maintained a, a freelance position with Collider until January 2020. Uh, and that allowed me to hide um, 
my or or or, or, or stop my search for my true self and my true worth. Uh, but we are we are to the point where I had um, there's desperation, right? There's need to put money in, in your pockets and food on the table, but there is some great freedom in that. The danger is, you know, as uh, Jeff Bridges sings in the movie Crazy Heart, sometimes falling feels like flying for a little while. Um, so I want I want to be careful about that. But um, oddly, I'm excited in the face of complete extinction. <laughs> Uh, and that's okay, because uh, I am not a title, I am not a a show, I am um, I am me. I'm a boy. My name is Anakin, and you are who you are. Uh, you are you. You are you are not a title. You you the titles are part of you. I am uh, I'm an attorney. I'm a father. I'm a, I'm a mother. I'm a daughter. Um, I am uh, uh, I am a gay male. I am a drag queen. I am a uh, transgender woman. All those things are titles that are true and represent you, but they are not you. And I want to thank you all for investing in me. And sometimes I don't know what me is. And I hope I can return the investment in all of you uh, because you are you. And that's the important thing. And that's the win. And I love y'all. Thanks for listening. I think I need to go drink or cry or cry into my drink. That's the blathering. Bye.